Let's listen, and then I may very well ask you to help me read some of these verses, but first of all, listen. I'll indicate when that is. Luke 2, beginning at verse 1, this is God's holy and infallible word. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And then let's read some of these next verses together, beginning at verse 8. Would you join me? And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And then listen to the rest. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. That's God's word for us this morning. So I I called this message the best Christmas gift ever. The best Christmas gift ever. I remember... Thinking back to when I was younger, some of the best Christmas presents I ever got. And when I started thinking about it, they all were like in grade school, the ones that I remembered. It made me wonder if grade school is sort of the peak time of excitement for uh, Christmas presents. I remember a lot from those. I remember one year it was a remote-controlled car. I mean, you can't get much better than that. In fifth grade, it was Transformers was the focus. I never had any of the really cool ones like Optimus Prime, uh, the leader of the Autobots, but I had fun with the couple that I did have. Once, and this was a total surprise, my grandpa and grandma Shuringa, and I was like in first grade, I didn't even ask for this, but they got me this little keyboard, and it had like little beats on it and different sounds, and I loved that. I kind of stuck with it, in fact. The very best of all was it was fourth grade, 
and I got an Atari 2600 with two games besides combat which came with it, Berserk and Space Invaders. I remember that very well, as you can tell. It was so exciting. We're going to talk about Christmas, and the title of the message is The Best Christmas Gift Ever, but as you'll see, what we're really going to talk about are two two Christmas gifts, two gifts. So as you listen, see if by the end you figured out what those are. We're going to begin, though, with Jesus' mother, Mary, and how in verse 19 we read that she, she treasured up all these things and, and she pondered them in her heart. What, what was Mary pondering? What, what was going on inside of Mary? Well, I think she was pondering everything we read up to that verse. The birth of her firstborn, a son. I'm sure she reflected on, on how that all came about, how the angel Gabriel went to her and was sent to her and said that she was highly favored of God, that she would conceive a child by the Holy Spirit without a husband, and that she was to name her baby Jesus, and that he would be the Savior, and that he would reign over a kingdom that would never end. She no doubt pondered how late in her pregnancy which must have been very hard, she had to travel to Bethlehem because of the census. And I'm sure she pondered how when it was time to give birth, there was no room for her and Joseph in the inn. And and so she had to place the baby in a manger where animals ate out of instead of a crib. And, And then of all things, shepherds, guys she didn't even know, just showed up out of the blue as the baby's first visitors. Besides all these special circumstances, Mary, like any mother, I'm sure, cherished her newborn baby, held him close. I'm sure she breathed in deep that new baby smell. And after all that had happened, the pregnancy, the travel, the labor, the delivery, I'm sure she just rested with a sigh, maybe on some hay, I don't know just rested, so thankful to God. Mary's song, which we read with Pastor Matthew at the candlelight service on Sunday, that gives us further insight into Mary's pondering. Mary was a child of God. Mary knew the history of God's dealing with her people the people of Israel. She knew that Old Testament history. We know she knew it because we can see she knew it from that song in Luke 1. It's that history that we looked at together as a church these past months as we traced heroes of the faith. She would have pondered, I'm sure, God's faithfulness towards a people who again and again, time after time, were unfaithful. And I'm sure she thought of God's promise to send a faithful Savior. I'm sure she pondered how God was fulfilling that promise of the ages in her day through her womb of all things. She knew of Abraham and Jacob and Moses and David and Daniel and Esther and their lives of faith. But she would have also have known of their failures and mistakes that made their great deeds 
as wonderful as they are, only a temporary fix for the people of God. She knew that God's chosen one needed to come to make a permanent change for God's people. She would have known that this child in her arms was the only true hero of the faith who came in the fullness of time because of our sin. And as strange as it is to think of how this all worked with Mary being Jesus' mother, I'm sure that Mary accepted in her heart the work that her son came to do. She wouldn't have known all the details yet of how he would go to the cross and rise again, but she knew he came to accomplish salvation. And in the end, the focus of all of her pondering and treasuring up in her heart would have been on the greatest gift of all, Jesus, God's Son, her Son. Now, as, as we think about all that, I'm curious, what, what are we pondering today, this Christmas? What are you pondering as, as we're celebrating Jesus' first coming, and as we live our lives waiting for his return in anticipation of that second coming. There's so much that goes on in our hearts and in our little minds. They can be racing with to-do lists, with worry, with making plans. May our minds and our hearts rest and be at peace as we ponder God's greatest treasure to us, His Son Jesus. And more than just pondering, we're invited to respond to God's gift by asking Him into our hearts and making sure that we have done that. And then when we continue to ponder, we find that we want to respond in our lives day by day once we have received Jesus. We, we hear God's Word and we hear that it, it tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We don't save ourselves. That's 100% of God, but we're not just couch potatoes either in the salvation plan. God calls us to live out our salvation. The pondering and the receiving leads to action and living. We're called now to be like Christ, to live like Jesus. That name originally given to the followers of Jesus, Christian, it means to be a little Christ. It seems to me that a proper response to Jesus' coming is for each one of us to live like a hero of faith today. As those heroes long ago, with the Spirit of Christ alive and well in us. Which ultimately means to live like Christ. And then it also seems to me that this is the best Christmas present you can give to others. What if you did that this year? I was part of a white elephant gift exchange a couple of weeks ago. Hadn't done one of those in, in many years. 
One person brought a huge gift. You know, there's always that, that one guy. And it, it stood there amongst the other gifts, basically the height of a large child. And everyone wondered what this gift would be. Someone finally dared to select it. And it turns out it was one of those vacuum steam cleaner things. Brand new. It was the best gift by far of the night. What if you, in response to God's greatest gift to you, imagined yourself by the Christmas tree, wrapped up with a big bow on your head, and you gave yourself to those around you this Christmas? Wouldn't that be the very best gift you could give? Christ lives in you, and you give yourself to others. Husbands, I'm a husband, so I can say this. It's tough to sometimes find just the right present for your wives. I think I did okay this year. You know, that's important. Do your best with that. But then, especially this year, say, dear Because of Christ in me, I'm going to be your best gift this Christmas. I give myself to you or to your kids. Because of Jesus coming and his work all the way to the cross to make me a new creature, I'm giving myself to you this Christmas to be your hero, to be the best dad I can be. Yes, I'll make mistakes. But I'm on the right road, the road that the baby of Bethlehem paid for us, paved for us. Be that gift to your boss, to your friends, to your loved ones. That type of gift, that type of life is going to be the most winning invitation for others to accept Jesus for themselves. And so... Put a big bow on yourself this Christmas. Give yourself to your family and friends and to everyone you meet and be the best Christmas gift ever. A hero of faith made so not by your heroics, but because of the accomplishments of our Savior Jesus. And in doing that, we can be a part of the continuing story of the history of redemption that we see with wonder in Scripture. And so, the greatest gift of all is Jesus, certainly. But it's also each one of us given to those around us. As you receive today God's gift, Jesus Christ, be the greatest gift you can be to others, and just see what God will do.